0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's word. Genesis chapter 24 will be the chapter that we look at. I really want to preach from 67 verses, which I think is, yep, yeah, it's the whole chapter. Um, I don't know that I'll read the whole thing. I, I might paraphrase. They say in preacher school that you should not read that much scripture because it just, It's tiring for people, but I don't know. I think for too long, they've had sermonettes making Christianettes and sissified believers. So don't raise your hand if you want to remain a sissified believer. Come on. You want to be full of faith, full of fire. You want to change the world. There is a tremendous uh, elevation that the Lord wants to bring to you. This is that word that I told you I had this morning, so I'm going to give it to you now. Is that okay? You want to record, Dad? All right, that way mom can hear it. Is she on? Oh, she might be. She's all with the babies over there. I always hand my phone to my kids when I need something quick because it's just like lightning (laughs) fingers. It's just like you see smoke rising from the screen. As I was praying for you, the Lord brought you to mind. I saw your face. I started when I was in Kentucky and uh, I saw God... Touching you in a way that is uh, beyond anything that you've known. You're headed towards a visitation from the Lord. Uh, up until this time, I mean, you've been, of course, you're a woman and you're not a little girl anymore. I mean, you're working and you got your own place and all that. And as it should be in our homes, our children ride on our coattails and are covered by our faith as parents. And you have been covered by the faith of your parents. But now you have certainly developed your own, but the Lord says, I'm coming to visit you. He's going to come and visit you in your home while you're sleeping in dreams. And if you would dial in just a little bit and expect that. And I saw you actually going through some fasting in the new year and that God is going to answer some specific prayers that you have that nobody knows. And I saw like this, this list that you have before him. Lord, if you're all that, then, then God, he's heard your cry. And he's going to come through with visitation and breakthrough for you. And he's going to blow your mind. All right? All right, wonderful. We love you, little sister. Uh, Genesis, this is the story of, uh, of Abraham. Uh, and his son, Isaac, the promised child, Isaac, meaning laughter. And I want to talk to you tonight, and you're hearing those watching by TV, podcasts, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Thanks about how God will meet every single need that you have and how God meets your needs. Because I think there's a lot of confusion about that. And and many people are like, well, I'm not sure he's met every one of my needs. Maybe not, but maybe you've not done your part. Listen, God won't do your part. He's not gonna come and get saved for you. He provides, he brings the message and then you have to believe and you have to take action. You have to choose. And if you want God's blessing in your life, you can wait for him to come and just do it and you can wait a long time. Now, I, I'm, I'm thankful for the sovereign moves of God's spirit where I, I'd have, I'd have been, I'd been, I'd been gone. I wouldn't be alive, but he intervened. And it wasn't because I was walking with him all on fire and praying the spirit. No, he just stopped it. He, he stopped the ax. He stopped the bullet. He moved me. He, he sovereignly kept me and protected me and even, even sent angels to guard over me and to watch after me. I thank God for my praying mother. I thank God for how he intervened and I was like lost as a goose in a hailstorm. I I mean I was like a West Texas frog just I didn't know what I didn't know the forest from the trees and then God just came through and spared me and saved me and and thank God for that. Come on, thank God for his goodness. He's a good God. But when you grow up when you begin to grow up and mature in the Lord, there's things that you need to do to see God's plan brought about and to see your needs met in God. You are required to do some things. Listen, when my little boy, Daniel, who's not so little anymore over there, when, when he was a little boy and he just would go like this, you know, I mean, like, pick him up. So, I mean, I, I would pick him up. There came a time when, no, walk, bro. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen this but there are actually they're, they're actually families the, 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 the mothers so they, they just need to put an ass in front of them and call it smother because they're so smothering and I think it beco- it comes because of their own unhealed place in their own life they don't feel accepted they don't feel secure they don't, they don't feel whole in the Lord so you listen, a child or a boyfriend or a girlfriend is not going to fix the hole that's in your heart. Hello, you got to get that fixed by Jesus. Jesus is the one that heals you and fixes you and sets you free. You have a hole in your heart, and the only one that can fill that is God. So you can try to fill it with money, try to fill it with sex, drugs. You can try to fix it with all kinds of stuff, and it doesn't work. Anyway, right. And so I, I've, seen, I've seen in families before where they just will not let the kid down. God forbid he starts screaming and crying. I mean, it's like the world would end. I'm going to tell you, crying's good. I mean, it can be. Babies cry for a couple different reasons. Now, I'm not a pro, but I did raise a few. One, they have a load in their shorts, that would make them cry. If you had a load in your shorts, you would also cry. And you would do something about it. Amen. Amen. That would be one reason they're crying. Number two. Number two would be hungry. Right? They're hungry. Now, I, what it always amazes me, and I tried to tune my ear to the frequency of this, and I got pretty good at it. There's, there's a hunger cry. You can hear it. It's different than a regular load cry. And then, then there's, a, there's a cry of pain. That's a different cry. I mean, you got to have the gift of discerning of spirits to figure out what the cry is. Then there's a cry of like, give me what I want. This is my fallen human nature, rebellion cry. Let me tell you how often you should answer that. Never! And yet there's people that are constantly, it's like you think that the parents joined the baby's family. Not the baby joined, the, it's, it's the parent actually, and the, the children, the babies actually leading the parents. You know what a bondage that is? We might not ever get to the text. I'm feeling pushed back right now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Felt pushback on the finance prosperity thing. Now I'm feeling pushed back. Shut up. Shut hey, shut shut up. No, I ain't gonna shut up. You shut up. You need to get healed. You need to get delivered. You need you need to learn it. Come on, we have a we have a generation, not here, of course, but there are many. <laughs> that are a bunch of spoiled brats. We were in Chile and I will tell you that it seemed to us from my limited perspective in the week that I was down there, that those who were causing all the trouble were mostly youth, 15, 16, 17, 18 and college age. I'm going to tell you something. Back when I was that age, my mama found out I was doing anything like she would hook my ear, buddy, you would be, you would get the beat down from heaven. remember, I, I don't know, somebody sent me this video, and it was this, it was, uh, some riots taking place. It was a few years back, and there was, there was some rebellion in the city, and they were, they were breaking into, uh, you know, a dollar, a dollar general or something, and this, this mama came down and saw her boy. Somebody, somebody told her that her boy was robbing the dollar general. She came down and beat that boy with the love of God. You know, you get home right now. You get I didn't teach you that way. Psh, 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 psh. Now listen, there's abuse. I'm not talking about that. How do we get on this? I think the Spirit of God is moving. He's moving in our midst. Praise break. Just lift your hands all across this place. Hallelujah. You know what scholars say about Sarah was that after Isaac was born and then Father Abraham was called to go to a region of Moriah. How many of you know that text? Called to go to the region of Moriah to offer him as a sacrifice. You don't hear from Sarah anymore. She dies. And what scholars say, rabbinic scholars, and I've, I've read some different things that you don't just see in an average commentary, that she was so brokenhearted that she knew her husband, crazy, full of faith, Abraham, was totally gonna plunge the knife. And she was so brokenhearted that she just died. You should never hear from her again. I, I, I don't know, I guess we get to find out when we get to heaven. God will meet your needs. And as I always said, you know, when you first give your heart to Jesus, and you just go like this, yeah, yeah, he helps you. That's how we got onto that quick little parenting sermonette. Now when my son lifts his hands, he's practicing getting a rebound, but he sure ain't looking for me to pick him up. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you do everything for your kids. There's nothing I wouldn't do for my children, but I never want to handicap them either. you got to teach them to work. you gotta, you got to teach them to, to do the right thing. And it's okay for them to experience some pain, not, not destruction. you got to grow up and you give your life to Jesus, he does all kinds of wonderful things, but there comes a time when he's looking for you to obey his word, and you'll never see the need met, you'll never see the breakthrough until you do what God called you to do. And you can wait and lift your hands and cry out, and he'd be like, Dude, you gotta get moving. Anybody ever heard of footprints in the sand? There's a, a cousin to that And uh, I'm going to see if I can read it. It's a favorite of mine. Here we go. (laughs) This is so good. I'm laughing ahead of time. (laughs) Okay. Brace yourself. One night, I had a wondrous dream. One set of footprints there were seen. The footprints of my precious Lord, but not mine, were there along the shore. But then some stranger prints appeared. And I asked the Lord, what have we here? Those prints are large and round and neat. But Lord, they're too big for feet. My child, he said in somber tones, for miles I carried you alone. I challenged you to walk by faith, but you refused and made me wait. You disobeyed, you would not grow. The walk of faith, you would not know. So I got tired, I got fed up, and there I dropped you on your butt. Because in life there comes a time when one must fight and one must climb, when one must put a rise and take a stand. Or leave their butt prints in the sand. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It's time. Hey, come on, stand up on your feet and give God praise. Come on, say, God, I want to grow up tonight. I want to learn tonight. I want to receive your word tonight. I'm not gonna stay an infant. I'm not gonna be Lord like that. I wanna mature. Come on, tell him I want to mature. Amen. You may be seated. <laughs> It's good, I haven't read that in a long time. I just feel the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit coming right through here tonight. (laughs) Buttprints in the sand. So Sarah is dead. Back to Genesis 24. There's nothing on TV, Netflix you can watch later. It's 7.15, it'll be right. Genesis 24. All right. Let's read it. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. How many things? All things. So Abraham said to his oldest servant of his house who ruled all that he had, please put your hand under my thigh and I'll make, and make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you'll not take a wife or my son from the daughters of the Canaanites. This is good advice for any Christian here. You missed a great place to say amen. amen. As a believer, don't marry a pagan. That's one of the most stupid things you could possibly do. Don't even date them. I ain't feeling the love right now. Except for my brother over here. Praise God. Unless you want to destroy your family. Maybe that's why we're talking about parenting. Should I just stop right now? Don't take a, a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But you shall go to the country to my family, my family, and take a wife for my son Isaac, there, verse 5. And the servant said, Perhaps a woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land which you came? But Abraham said, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family who spoke to me and swore to me saying to your descendants I give this land I will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you then you'll be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham which is a sign of covenant. His master, he swore to him concerning this matter, verse ten. Then the servant took ten of the master's camels and departed from all his master's goods that were in in his hand, and he rose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he came, he made his camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time, the time when the women go to dwell water, verse twelve. And then he said, "O Lord, master of my, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day." and I'll show kindness to my my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink, and she says, drink, and I will also give your camels to drink. Let her be the one you've appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I know that you have shown kindness to my master. And before it happened, before he had finished speaking, that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, wife of Nehor, Abraham's brother, came out with a pitcher on her shoulder. God, I pray, as we look at this text, that it would release profound revelation to us who are maturing. That in the maturing process, we would learn to know that you provide every need as we do our part. And I thank you, Lord, for things that we can't, we can't earn salvation. And why we were yet sinners, you died for us. And I thank you that there's things that you just sovereignly took care of, and we're so grateful for that. But you are calling us to a higher place that we will not walk in Unless we get walking, and we certainly don't want to leave butt prints in the sand. We want to fulfill all that you've called us to, leaving nothing undone. In Jesus' name, amen. All of us have needs, every single one of us. It says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8, for your Father knows the things that you have before you even ask him. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 32, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient is the day of the trouble thereof. First Peter 5 and 7, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. It's a beautiful picture that God knows what you have need of. By the way he'll supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Philippians 4 a lot of people claim that but really it's tied to missions giving. That's tied to giving to missions. As you you give, then God supplies all of your needs. Fascinating. Look at this text. Uh, Abraham has a great need. His wife is dead. And if God's gonna fulfill the plan of giving all of this land and prospering him and fulfilling the purpose, in fact, turn to Genesis chapter 18. Well, it's like family night. I got some family stuff today. I'm gonna say some more right now. In Genesis 18 this, this promise we find out is, is not just for Abraham. In fact, it's so big, so vast, so large that it cannot be fulfilled just in Abraham's life. And I would venture to say to you, the plan of God for your life is beyond your own individual life. It actually would include all of your children, your children's children, your children's 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 children down to a thousand generations should the Lord tarry. Now, we don't know how long he's tarrying. We're waiting for him, his eminent return. He's going to come. He's going to return. And many people in that day, that great and terrible day, the dreadful day of the Lord, will, will everyone's going to bow their knee. I'll be bowing my knee in worship along with the rest of my family, but there will be those that are bowing their knees, shaking their fist in anger to God, wondering why he didn't save them when in fact he laid it out plain to them and, and, and the enemy blinded them. Genesis 18, verse 18, listen to this. Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nation of the earth shall be blessed through him, verse 19, for I have known him in order that he may command his children. Some of you don't even understand commanding your kids. I'm gonna just tell you something. It's insane to me. I'm, 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 I'm not getting trouble. <laughs> Welcome to Kings. We're so glad you're here. If you're offended right now, just come back two or three more times and pretend tonight that I'm the guest evangelist. Amen. I picked my children's kids with my, kids, I picked my children's fa- friends with my wife. I don't so much do that now. There's, there's, there's wisdom and counsel that goes back and forth between my 17-year-old, my 20-year-old's in college. I'm of like, you know, I'm not there to pick her friends, but we have trained her. Rakaha, shantarakahaya. I pray now. I have no idea what she's doing. She's getting straight A's. I see lots of good fruit. Amen. We get to pay the bills. Hallelujah. Some of you, I mean, we actually had somebody. This is a true story. They said, Pastor, can you pray for my son? I said, sure. What's the matter? Well, he he just doesn't want to come to church. I said, oh, how old is he? He's 10. Excuse me? Yeah, I'm going to pray, but actually I'm going to pray for you. Uh, Because you don't let a 10-year-old choose anything, nearly. And so you you don't, and I I tried, I said it was sweet. I'm I'm saying it more preachery and aggressive style now, but I was was really sweet. And I said something like, well, does he go to school? Oh, of course. He's got to go to school, right? He has to go to church. That's not enough, but he doesn't want to. Well, does he want to go to school? Not all the time. Does he go? Yes. Why? I make him. Right. Light bulb. Do you mean I can make him? Yeah. I'm going to tell you one of the most foolish things to do is to not command your children and teach them the word and bring them to church and get them involved in camps, get them involved in youth, get them involved in children's church because if you do not do that, when it comes time, they will reject your faith because they don't have any faith of their own and they've seen it's just, and if you if you go back home and you lambaste the pastor and you light up the minister and you talk about all the stuff and how it's not in order and all that and it's just, oh, 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 oh complaining, murmuring, you think they're going to love the church? They're going to love the church. And if they never see you reading the Bible, never see you praying over your wife, praying over your husband, praying, come on, you just pray over the food. How many of you know right now praying over the food is not going to get you to the next level of anointing and power? How many of you know that? Amen. Praise God. So command is he must command, he, command his, I've known him, verse 19, in order that he may command his children. I've told my kids, I want you to tell yours. What God has given to me and my family, passed down from my mother, now being passed down to my kids and maybe be passed down to the next generation, you will fulfill the plan of God, son. You will fulfill the plan of God. Hannah will fulfill the plan of God. My children will walk in the wisdom and nurture and admonition of the Lord. So help me, God. If it means death, so be it. I will give everything I have. God help the fool that steps over to tries to mess up the plan and the vision of God for me and my family and my kids. God help them. It ain't gonna happen. And he's been around, my kids have been around long enough to see people that are pretend Christians with crocodile tears that backstab each other. So do you command your children? Absolutely. Now less and less. I'm more of an advisor now. That's the way it should be. You command them on into their 20s, you have a control problem, and maybe you two are a smother. Ooh. you got to come a time when they're flying on their own. You Pray your ears off. You never stop praying. Your job of praying is never done, Mom. Amen. Thank God. My number one intercessor is my mother and my wife. And now my kids are rising. And I thank God for the amazing intercessory team, the army of God that prays for us here. We wouldn't wouldn't be here. I've known him. Think about that. God says, I've known Abraham. In order that, the purpose that I've known Abraham, I've gotten to be friends with Abraham. Abraham's a friend of God. Let me just paraphrase this and kind of mix it up a little bit so you understand it. Abraham's my friend. That's my friend right there. And we became friends for the purpose of him commanding his children. And his children after him. That they may keep the way of the Lord and do righteousness and justice. Watch this. That the Lord may bring to Abraham that what he has spoken to him. The purpose of relationship was for the purpose of commanding the next generation to keep the way of the Lord in righteousness and justice. It does not happen in America anymore. You're part of this house. I charge you to be a good parent. If you don't know what's on their phone, then you have absolutely lost your mind. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Spirit in here. What do you mean what's on their phone? I mean, do you know what apps they have? Do you know where they're going? All the youth are like, shut up, Pastor. (laughs) Do you know that there's apps to hide apps? Did you know that you can get so defiled on this thing? And, and you say, well, I'm just never going to give him a phone. To you. I'm not going to give him a phone until he's 20. When he's 20, his mother, by the time he's 20, he's going to blow up and splatter all over the walls. So you, you have to teach them to walk in holiness and purity in the midst of a crooked and a depraved generation. You can't hide, hover over them like a helicopter and control every detail. Now, you control everything when they're children and you let them scry when they need to cry and you change their dumps when they're crying because they got the dump. and when they're hungry, you feed them and you be a good parent right? But you don't yield to rebellion and, you, and you, learn to, you learn to train them and you give them consequences and you keep your word. Sir, if you're going to play ball with your boy and you said you're going to play ball, you better play ball, Bubba. Yeah. Take your daughters on dates. This has turned into a real family night. I don't even know if I'll get to the rest of it. This is going to help you. When my daughter became a woman, do I need to say anything more about that? Okay, so when she was a little girl, her and, and Danny, now called Daniel, we would wrestle. And I mean, like, wrestle, roll around all over the place, you know, and I'd let them win, you know, occasionally. <laughs> but then when she became a woman, she started becoming a woman, and, uh, you know, the game changed. You know, to me, I'm just like, well, new rules. And I remember when you said to me, um, "You're treating her differently." I'm like, "No kidding. She's changed." <laughs> well, you can't treat her differently. Uh, what he said? Yeah, you don't hug on her, love on her, you don't, you don't, you don't wrestle her not like you like you used to. I said, "Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's different." <laughs> She's like, "You can't. You have to give her the same affection and love that you give your son. You better change." And, and I don't know if she said this or I just remember it this way. You didn't love and hug on your daughter. Somebody else is going to love and hug on her. Praise break. Kids need love and affection. And they, and they need to hear no. And they need consequences and all that. So, back to our text. It's very important. For the vision of Abraham and the word that God spoke to him that Isaac has a wife from his home country, but that he doesn't move back. Interesting. Canaanites were about to be dispossessed. He said, you can't have a Canaanite wife. They're all going to be evicted. You need, a you need a wife for my son. I'm sending you. Laazar, you know what that means? Mighty divine helper is a picture of the Holy Spirit. He gives, it makes, it makes his, his servant take a vow. And he goes off and the servant prays. About 400 mile trip, takes about a month. And the servant prays and God does this, you know, preemptive miracle. I mean, he had to send the girl before he started praying. So the girl's on the way and then he begins to pray. I mean, I love how God does things like that. It's an interesting word here when he prays. It's the word "hesed." It's translated kindness. And so Rebecca, she shows up and she confirms the sign. She gives him water and then and then waters the camels. Do you know how many? Guess how many? Guess how many gallons? Gallons to feed all these camels. I'm 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 I'm, I'm guesstimating based upon how much camels drink, and the kind of camels they were, and how many camels are how many camels were in the entourage. Nine carrying gifts. Ten with him on one. Guess how many gallons? 140 gallons of water. Has anybody ever drawn out of a well? I'm not talking about turning on the faucet with your 10 gallons and 15 gallons a minute. I'm talking about drawing out water. 140 gallons. Wow. That's a lot of water. And she's willing to go. And there, there's so much here. Let me quickly give to you, or maybe not so quickly. How God will, God will meet every one of your needs. This was a huge need for Abraham because if Isaac didn't marry right, it's gonna jack up the whole thing. Then it wouldn't come about. God meets your needs by guiding you. Say that. God meets my needs by guiding me. See, so if you stay at home, you will hinder the process of God's guiding. You, you've got to begin to take steps of faith. You've got to move in the direction. I mean, you know, Eleazar had a lot of challenges. I mean, he's concerned about things. He's commissioned by Abraham, and it really is like a commission towards you and me. Come on, he commissions us to bring the good news of Jesus all over the world. That is, your life is about loving God, and loving his people. Loving God, being a lover of God, and a deliverer of men. It's not about you. And if you think it is about you, then you've gotten over into idolatry. It's not a, if you start, listen, if it's all about you, I'm going to tell you, it, it's really a painful life. You've got to live for a vision that's bigger than your own life. Yes, the vision for your life. I mean, I, I, mean, I can't believe that we're traveling and the different things that are happening and how God's touching people. I have to pinch myself sometimes. You know, we're at these churches, and I'm I'm like, how does this happen? I'm standing next to a man, Bob Rogers, who we've known for since the mid to late late 90s, who was powerfully used in my life. This guy is, you might not have ever heard of him, but I'm telling you, he's a mountain of a man of God. He is a general in the army of the Lord. He's called the king of fasting. And just some of the things that he's deposited to me and my family, and I'm standing next to him, power God is just coming down. I'm about to preach in his pulpit. And I'm just, yeah, this is like amazing. What? This is insane. And I just look at him. I said, this is amazing. He says, what's amazing? I said, then I'm standing next to you right now. This is like awesome. And he starts laughing at me. He says, yeah, it's awesome. He, I said, yeah, I, 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 it's like, uh, thank you. He says, oh, you're doing a great job, son. Go tear it up. I'm like, all right. He's like, you're going to do great tonight. I'm like, come on. Yeah. He's like, go get him. <laughs> no, I felt like that. He's a father to me. I mean, I have one spiritual father. And that's Dr. James Morocco. But I've got these other uh, uncles in the Lord or, or a grandfather. You can look at it any number of different ways. I am amazed that I'm standing there and I get to preach in this place, this amazing hallowed hall that's been so mightily used by God. How did that happen? I'm not quite sure, but I know it has something to do with my mother obeying. I know that. I know it has something to do with my mother praying and my mother slapping the fool out of me and showing up like an Old Testament prophet in my apartment when I wasn't exactly living right, standing there thundering the word of the Lord. The Lord says, so I'm like, Ay! get out, mom. How she wouldn't let up? I mean, cockroaches were running for their lives. It was in Hawaii peeling off the walls. It's like locusts started coming. Ah, you think that's like a funny story. That's actually true. The Lord commissions us and he commissioned Eleazar and he's commissioning you to fulfill the plan of God for your family, for your whole thing. And my family are a bunch of pagans. Well, praise God, you got saved and If you didn't, I'll remedy that in here in a minute if you're just getting saved tonight, you're God saved this morning, you're just new in the kingdom, then serve God with all your heart. God will save all your family and the blessing of God will come on you and the curse will break off of you and you'll be mightily used as well to see a transformation in this nation, in your family. He'll touch and save everyone. He'll do that. That's what he does. He commissions us. Say it. He commissions us. And there's always potential problems. Listen, problems are springboard, springboards into you know, momentum and greater elevation. You just got to look at them differently. There's always going to be obstacles and potential problems, but God guiding you, God will help you, and God will bring you through. And He reassures us. He, Abraham reassured him. He said, Look, if it doesn't happen. Then, then you're released from your vow. He's like, Whew, Okay. Listen, God's gonna, God is the author and the finisher, the perfecter. Be reassured tonight. That the good work that God begun in your life, he will complete into the day of Christ Jesus. But you've got to get going. You've got to get serving. You've got to be a part of a life group or a team. You've got to get plugged in, in some capacity. Be on the, be on the worship team. Or, or help us if you're a man in the ushers. Or, or in security. Or, or with the youth. We, I, listen, I, I need people to help. We need people to help. better yet, you need to serve. And there's a lot of folks that don't. Come to church and I'm glad you're coming. Keep coming. But I will stir you up. and and cattle prod you in the Holy Ghost to get serving God and doing something because you've got gifts and talents that other people don't have. And if you'll use those, then the blessing of God will come upon your whole family and then he'll begin to lead and guide you in a way that you've never experienced before. But you gotta get going. You gotta get serving. He said, I am serving. All right, good. Keep doing it. Raise up leaders. Reach out and connect. I love what Minister Betty said this morning. Connect. Gotta connect people. Reach to people. Reach to your neighbors. And, and God, God will confirm. God wants to meet your need by guiding you, and, and He confirms things along the way. I said, He confirms things along the way. The key to being guided is praying. The key to being guided is praying. Eleazar, would you kindly? Eleazar praise. Isaiah 65, 21, before they call, I will answer. I love that scripture. You want to be guided by the Lord, you have to have a relationship with him and you have to have a prayer life and be led and guided by him. You know, we do these activations at these prophetic conferences that we go to. And one of the things that's astounding to me is that people, when we pray for them and teach them how to hear God's voice, almost all of them say the same thing which is, he was talking to me all along. I didn't know that was God's voice. Mike, I know. And they're like, whoa. Because all the times he was talking and you were ignoring and not listening, God's voice, he wants to speak to you. We were driving here, and I have a gift of faith for this thing that's happening uh, and has happened for a number of years but I but I realized as uh, God when God puts somebody on my heart like a hundred percent of the time it's the Lord and when I take action when that person is on my heart I pick up my phone and I call if I can do it I'm doing it I'll text I'll call when they're on my heart I pray and I'll send a text, I'll make a phone call. I can't tell you the kind of miracles that God has done by a simple act of obedience, reaching out to somebody as soon as I thought of them. As soon as you, what? Thought of them. How many of you think of people? Like you're, you know, yeah, that's the Lord most likely. You know, unless you're thinking evil, that would not be the Lord, amen. Like, I just want to hurt him. Yeah, no, that's not God. As you pray, God will answer your prayers. Always keep in mind that God desires to bless and fulfill His promises. Go on and say, God wants to bless me. I tried to break that thing, a spirit of poverty and misunderstanding. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. He who takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. I mean, meditate on that. God experiences pleasure think about that hmm does that mean he experiences pain yeah yeah does that mean that he can be grieved yeah grieve not the Holy Spirit does that mean that that he can experience sorrow oh he he can not only experience it he's a man of sorrows acquainted with grief and at the same time by living right and believing his word Zephaniah 317 says he rejoices over you. Wow. I want to make God rejoice over me. In other words, I want to live in such a way where he's guiding and leading me and I'm praying and abiding and he's speaking and fulfilling his promise. Sending me. I mean, I just, I just believe that when I was standing there in that place at Dr. Hunter's church and the choir was going off, oh, the choir was so good. Oh, my. I kind of lost my mind in the choir. And then, because I could, at the next service, I snuck up and got in the choir. They never had a guest speaker get in the choir, but I, I just felt led of the Holy Ghost. I snuck up in there and I... <laughs> <laughs> and I thought about my own life and how I started in a choir all those years ago. Now listen, forget, I'm not saying I've attained anything, but forgetting that which lies behind, I'll tell you that I'm a walking miracle. Most of you don't know my story. I'm not going to tell it tonight, but, unless, of course, my mom wants to. Me too. Do you want me to tell my story? Are you sure? Just a little bit? No? Okay. Okay. Let the Spirit lead me. Amen. I'm not going to tell my story tonight. Sorry, Mom. Lift your hands to heaven. I stood there overwhelmed at the goodness and kindness of the Lord. It's not something that's uncommon for my wife and I. We find ourselves weeping in the front, especially when we come back from a trip because what an amazing people you are. What an amazing move of the Spirit of God that's taking place here. It's, it's, it's different than any place I've ever gone. We sit there and weep. It's like, how did this happen? How does this happen? On, on, on Easter morning is a common thing. But he rose again. And I'm just thinking, wow. God wants to fulfill the vision for your life. But you've got to be guided by Him. And some of you are crippled by your anxiety. Some of you are crippled, and not taking the steps of faith. You've got to pray, and you've got to move in the direction of fulfilling the plan of God. If you don't move in the direction, how is He going to guide something that's not moving? When a missile takes off, they can then guide it and direct it. But if it doesn't get off the platform, how do you direct that? Somebody said, well, what if I make a mistake? Man, just don't worry about it. Being in covenant, live for God, get connected rightly, pray, and let Him lead you. Your family destiny and purpose counts on it. It's not about you. It's about the the generations that are to follow should the Lord tarry. They're looking to you. You are an example. Man of God, woman of God, don't, don't let the enemy beat you up. If you've not seen the guidance and the direction of the Lord into meeting any of your need, it could be that you're not doing anything. I am preaching way better than your amen. God wants to bless you and fulfill his promises. I could spend all night telling you how we happen to be at the right place at the right time. I mean, over and over and over. So many years ago, we were going to church. We went to the first and the second service there in Maui, Hawaii. While I'm in the second service, the Lord speaks to me and says, you're not going to church here anymore. You're going up to Kula. I want you to be in one of the extensions. Kula was an extension church of ours. Can I tell you the disappointment that was for me? Because it wasn't all like that. It wasn't all on fire. I mean, God was moving, you know, come on. But I mean, it was it was just a handful of people. And uh, I wanted to be, you know, with the big choir and Dr. Morocco preaching me every morning and and like... <laughs> Okay. I knew he spoke to me. So I said, I said, I'll do it. I will go. We will go tomorrow. I told Karen. She's like, yeah, that's God. And so we went. I talked to Dr. Morocco. I'll never forget it. I walked up to him at the end of the service. I said, Pastor, I, I felt like the Lord spoke to me. He says, okay. I said, yeah. He told me that I need to go to Kula every Sunday morning from now on. And he just goes, all right. So the next Sunday comes. I go up to Kula. And, uh. Pastor Ivan Van Vuren was preaching. He was a South African. And he's, he's, he's preaching up there. There comes this lull. And the power of God hits me. And I prophesy for the first time in a congregation out loud. I mean, just like, I, if I didn't release the word, I was going to be in sin. And it just thunders out of my voice. I'm like, whoa, that's new. Woo, praise God. Good to be in Kula. Hallelujah. Later that week, I get a phone call. I think it was Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I get a phone call from Dr. Morocco, who didn't exactly call me on a regular basis or anything like that. So he calls me, gets my number, calls me, says, Daniel. I said, yeah. He said, I want you to continue to go to Kula, but I want you to help me there. I'm like, okay, anything you want. He said, yeah, I want you to begin to preach there. I was like, oh, yes, thank you, God. Okay, yeah, I'm like, oh, 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 I was going to fall out. You know what I mean? He said, there's some things that have happened where Pastor Ivan Van Vuren needs to go. He no longer has a visa, and he needs to go back to, to South Africa. I said, well, when? He said, uh, by Friday. So I want you to preach next Sunday. I was like, yes, sir. No problem. Very good. I was like, yes, yes. Yes, I felt this sense of destiny and purpose and the fire of God. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's doing it. He called me to preach his word. He brought me out of destruction and hell and and the grave. And he set me free. And and he he guided me and brought me. And I became a pastor. Quickly. I mean, it was supernatural. How did that happen? By trying to obey him. Give it a try. Just obey him. He'll do it. You know the promise you have? It's connected to your obedience. You know the promise you have for your family? Come on, stand up on your feet. You know the promise you have? Go to the Netherlands. You know the promise you have of planting a church? You know the promise you have of opening a life group, of of singing on the worship team, of being a part of the choir? You know the promise, that hope that's in your heart, that seems impossible, like you're not qualified, or you can't do it? Dismiss all of that. Come on. He gives you the desires of your heart. He causes us to will and act according to His good purpose. And in doing that, He will give you and meet every single need. And I, I just can't tell you how God, through that next step, moving the kula, other things open, power God began to just roll out. And, and God began to speak and stir and touch and change. We happen to be in the right place at the right time. And honestly... At this time in my life, I feel like I have fallen in a river of the power of God where He's sweeping me to a place that's beyond anything I could do naturally. It's it's amazing. God will meet every one of your needs. He's going to bring me a godly son-in-law for my daughter. Not from the Canaanites. He's going to bring my son A godly wife. Not from the Canaanites. I told my kids, I mean, when Hannah was born, before she could understand English, I said, Daddy's gonna pick your husband. Then as she grew up, I kept saying it. I kept saying it. And then when she started to speak, which was like when she was three months old, I think. She hasn't stopped since then. (laughs) Got a great gift. When she started to speak, I would say, who picks your husband? Daddy does. My dad's right. And it was kind of a joke. It would bring me, this is my daughter, Hannah. Hannah, who picks your husband? You do. Right. I would say that. This is my daughter. This is my wife. And I, and I, I just constantly said it. So now, it's a little different. So if I say, Hannah... Who picks your husband? She says, me and the Lord and you. And that's right. That's good. That'll work. God has an amazing plan, but it includes your whole family. He wants to guide you into the blessing of God, but you have to pray And trust Him. Obstacles are come, but they'll move. And you will fulfill the plan and destiny. I have known Him, said the angel about Abraham. I have known Him. I have known Him in order that He would fulfill the plan of God and command His children and instruct them in the ways of righteousness and justice. So that that which the Lord has spoken over Abraham would be brought to pass in the next generations and the generations after. It's not about you. We will see a multi-generational outpouring in this place. Amen. Now quit letting your 10-year-old stay home and command your family. Learn to be a good parent. There's books to read. Get them plugged in. Know what's on your youth's phone. This is is a pipeline to hell for those who stumble and trip over that. You know, I just used it to find butt prints in the sand so it can be mightily used too. Not that that's a mighty work, butt prints in the sand or anything like that. But that is where you will leave your prints if you don't get to work. Can you say amen? amen? Lift your hands to heaven. Father, we thank you. We praise you. All across this place, those online, if you're not right with God, do not leave this place. Don't turn off this broadcast without being reconciled, without being forgiven, without receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because there is a place called hell. Was it created for you? Was it created for me? Was created for the angels and the demons, and the, the, the angels that rebelled then becoming demons, and Satan and his minions, the lake of fire. But the Bible says in the book of Revelation that Those who do not have their name written in the Lamb's book of life will find their place in the lake. You don't want to go swimming in that lake and there's only one life that you're to live and then after that, the judgment. Make a decision for Christ. Teach your kids the Word of the Lord. My daughter got saved when she was, what, five, four, four years old. How much sin can you do by the time you're four? Believe me, a lot. She got baptized in the Holy Ghost at seven, I think. Six. Praying in tongues. Six. Don't limit your kids. Don't limit the youth. I told you you guys. Seventeen years old. Leading churches of a thousand. Quit. Quit making excuses. Well, I'm young. Stop it. And raise the bar. And believe that those who know their God will do great exploits. Teach your kids. Teach your family. Be a person of prayer. Let them lead you. Let them guide you. Let them direct you and fulfill the plan of God for your life. Can you say amen? Amen. But if you're not right with God, then you need to get right right now. Otherwise you'll find yourself in the lake. So if you've never given your heart to Jesus, and you want to do that for the very first time, or secondly, you need to recommit because you drifted in your commitment to the Lord, and you know you're not right with God, and you want to recommit tonight. Or thirdly, you just want to be sure. The devil lies to you, and you're not sure if you're really saved. So you want to be sure tonight. All across this place, if that's you, you fit in any of those categories, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time, number two, making a recommitment because you drifted, number three, being sure. Every head bowed, every eye closed, intercessors praying. That's you. You want to get right with God. First time, recommit, or just be sure. On the count of three, lift your hand if that's you. One, two, three. Lift your hand high. God bless you all the way in the back. I see that hand. Thank you, young man. I see that hand back there. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. God bless you. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. I see that hand back there. Perhaps online. I see that hand. If you're giving your heart to Jesus tonight, and you're online, and you're watching on the stream, then you go ahead and let us know. we got Olivia on tonight on Facebook, and she'll be a grandma to you and help direct you to the things of the Lord. We're so glad. Now pray this prayer if that's you. You want to get right with God. First time, recommit or just be sure. Pray this prayer right now. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.